0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. This is what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart in in Luke 5, Luke chapter 5, first 11 verses. Let me read it to you. The Bible says this, that one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the People were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, both boats so so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Allow me to pray. Father, gives me great joy that I don't have to invite the Spirit of God to be here because you're already here. We thank you that we can sense you. We thank you that you are here to touch people's hearts and lives. Holy Spirit, I ask you to, to help me to communicate, to, to get across what you've put in my heart. But I also pray for an anointing to be on those who hear, that in Jesus' name they will receive what the Spirit is saying to them in the name of Jesus. Truth is, Lord, we don't actually need just another message that's going to give us information. We need something that is going to give us revelation, that is going to, every single one of us, Lord, we believe you've got a message for us, but you've got a message for every single individual in this room. And I pray that every individual would catch that message. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we've got this, we've got this uh, interesting uh, account um, that, I, that actually came to me while I was, while I was running the other day. And um, I was fascinated by the fact that the crowds, were, the, the crowds were pressing in to hear the Word of God. And um, it just made me reflect again that if we understand that, then this is no ordinary moment. It's a familiar moment. Because we've done it many times. Some of us have been in church many years. And so we've come to this moment many times. But it's not an ordinary moment because it's God's Word. It's God's Word to us. God wants to communicate something to your spirit. He he wants to communicate something to my spirit. And, 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 and therefore, we've got to understand that this is not an ordinary moment because although it's inaudible to the human ear, there is a war on for this moment. In the spiritual realm, there is a war and the war is to do with distraction. There is a war on for your mind so that so that. Because even if we don't understand the power of this moment, we've got an enemy who understands the power of this moment. And he understands that if he can get you distracted, he can stop the deposit of the seed in your life. He can stop God. He can stop that word getting into your heart and life and bringing you the change that your heart desires. So that means that... That if he can distract us with the the worries of the week that have just gone, or the worries of the week that we are to face, if he can distract you with what you need to pick up from Audi on the way home, if he can distract you with that person who you think doesn't like you in the meeting, if you can, if he can distract you, that why is she wearing that cardigan with that dress? If he, if, if, if he. If he can destroy you any way that he can, he will. That is the war that is on for your mind because he understands that there is a seed. There's a seed for each one of us that God wants to plant in our lives. And we pray in the name of Jesus that he would help each one of us to receive what he wants us to receive. So the people are pressing in and count kind of begins with... with Jesus stepping into Peter's boat, and I kind of find this, this moment amusing because I, I kind of put myself in the story. Um, that there, the guys were they were washing they were washing the nets, and and uh, why, what makes what I find amusing with Jesus stepping into Simon's boat is probably the mood that Simon Peter was in. Because I'll be honest with you, I know what kind of mood I'd be in after I'd worked all night and caught nothing. You, you, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like probably I'm not in that much of a mood for a conversation right now. I'm just bushing my nuts, you know what I mean? I don't know, I don't know what. And, 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 and then Jesus just steps into his boat and it's a bit like, what? What's this guy what's this guy doing? Um, it was, it's almost like Jesus didn't want to give him the opportunity to refuse. He just turns out in the boat. And, and now, not only is he in the boat, he's saying, uh, sorry, bro, could we just uh, push out a little bit? You know, it's like a little bit, what a cheek. You know, sometimes people can get away with stuff because they're cheeky. You know what I mean? It's like, really, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed, but because he's so cheeky to just climb into my boat, my boat. He climbed into my boat. And now he's asking me to stop what I'm doing and push out a little way from the shore. And like, I'm doing it, but I'm like, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. Who do you think he is? And, and it, so it's, it, I, find that, I find that kind kind of amusing. But, but you know that, that Jesus Jesus will take the opportunity of just stepping into our lives. He will take the opportunity to surprise us. He will take the opportunity to, to, to step right into our situation. I was put in mind of, of uh, Revelation 3.20 where it says Jesus said, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and eat with that person. And they with me. And, and, and what? What I love is because, of course, Jesus asked Peter to, to push away from the store. So he, he, from the shore, he didn't ask him to get in the boat, but he did ask him to push away from the shore. He invited him to do something. And, and, and it was that, that's what got to me that Jesus, as he stood at this door here, he says, Here I am. There's a whole thing, you know, that I am, I am, standing at the door. He knocks. He stands at the door and knocks. I know they've downloaded me a, 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 a painting from, by William Holman Hunt. And and this uh, you can pop that up for me if you would. Um, so this is a uh, it's an old painting, but it, it's it's called the Light of the World. But it has has Jesus uh, standing at the door and and knocking. Um, I, is it just me or does it, is it not also a bit fascinated that the great I am would stand at the doorway of our life and knock? He could speak to the door, and it would open. And what's what's fascinating about this this old picture is that, as you can see, it's overgrown with weeds. This door has not been opened for a long time. And the other significant thing about the painting is there's no handle on the outside. So not only is it overgrown, but there's no handle. If that door is to open, it's the one on the other side of the door that's going to open the door. And I don't know who you are today and, and maybe, maybe there's something of this picture that speaks to you. Maybe, maybe, maybe this door has been opened once but it's not been opened for a long time. And there's weeds and all kind of stuff that are overgrown. But Jesus is coming to knock on the door of your life. He's not going to barge in. He's not going to force you. But he, 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 he waits. He knocks on the door and he, he waits. I, I absolutely love that. But the only way the door opens is if you open the door. The handle is on your side. And so, of course, we started off with, with Jesus climbing in the boat. And I was focusing on the fact that, that the boat actually was central to, to, to Peter's business. He needed that. So I got this thing about Jesus climbing into your business. Jesus will climb right into your business. He didn't ask for permission to climb into you. He just climbed into his business. Now, of course, then, then, then Peter had a choice of what he did from that point, but Jesus presented himself and he was offering him another opportunity. I don't know. I felt that, that on a couple of levels, I felt that practically, if you're a business owner, if you're a business owner here today or you're listening to this and you're a business owner Um, I want to say that if Jesus climbs into your boat, if Jesus climbs into your business, he's a good one to have in the boat. It might not feel inconvenient and you might not, sorry, it might not feel convenient and you might not be in the mood, but invite Jesus into your business because the truth was he climbed into the boat at a time where things had not gone well. Things were not thriving at this particular point. You've been out there doing what you know how to do, and you weren't seeing the results that you would hope for. But then, of course, it's not just the practical, physical business. We, we, we've all got our business, and Jesus will climb into our business. And, and what happens from there on is actually up to us. Um, and I think that's important for someone here to understand today that you, you, you want God to do some things, but God is going to wait for your invitation. You, you are on the other side of the door. You may hear His knock and you may want to respond, but you've got to open the door and you've got to let Him into your circumstances. So Jesus asked Peter to push a little way from the shore. See, Jesus Jesus is going to ask you to move into the shallows before He asks you to move into the deep. Because He knows what we're like. He knows mood, our mood. He knows what we feel capable of. And He will invite you into the shallows. This is the, this is the journey of faith. And, and of course... I love this because this is the way my mind works. Because Jesus, as we know from the story, he took Peter into the shallows and then he invited them into the deep. But the same Jesus who was inviting him in to go out into the deep was the same one who was going to invite him onto the water. Start off the shallows, end up in the deep, end up on the water. It's a journey of the journey of faith that he is he's taking this on. And, and, and it can be when I'm in that mood, when things aren't going that well in my life, when I've worked hard and I'm tired and I've given my best, it can, it can feel that when Jesus is making a demand of me, it's like, well, I, I don't know that I've got this because I'm not in the mood for this. I don't like this. Things are not going well. But actually, of course, because we know the end of the story, we know that Jesus wasn't just making a demand of Peter. He was trying to get a blessing to him. He's trying to get a blessing to him. And, uh, and you know, there, there was some steps that I feel that might be helpful to some of us. Um. On on this journey. See, firstly, however and whatever, at the end of the day, Peter did what Jesus was asking of him. He did what Jesus asked him to do. I want to say to you, what is Jesus asking you to do? What is he asking you to do? When I say that, what does the Holy Spirit prompt you about? Because the thing is this, and, and I think it's really, really important, particularly in our modern day version of Christianity, our modern day faith. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So in other words, Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to do what I say. And I really think that's important for us to understand. that 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 it goes with it jesus is saying you prove your love to me you prove your love to me by doing what i ask you to do and in the in the passion translation of the bible which is a modern translation uh, i love i love the way the bible puts it he says uh, in this in in, it's actually john 14 15 he says loving me empowers you to obey my commands loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Love for Jesus is proven and demonstrated by our obedience to all that He says. And if I call myself a lover of Jesus, if I call myself a lover of Christ, that means that I've got to do what He asks, what he asks me to do. So what is He, what is he asking you to do. I also, reflecting again on Peter's mood, I think it's important to remember, don't think for one minute that you'll always want to do what God is calling you to do. I know that sometimes we think we would. We think, well, if it's Jesus, I'm going to love it. But I'm actually not always going to feel like it. I'm not always going to want to do what He is asking me to do. I won't always want to be what He wants me to be. Jesus will will put me in uncomfortable situations. Jesus is not nearly as concerned about your comfort zone as you are. And the reason for that is because He knows you better than you know you. And he knows what you're capable of better than you know what you're capable of. And so, yeah, your comfort zone is a very loose concept because you can, you, you can change. You, you, there, are, there are some things that, that if you're going to step into what God wants of you, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. But he's going to do it lovingly and he's going to do it kindly and he's going to woo you. But trust me, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do it afraid. You know, I remember, I remember years ago, we have just talked about the Albert Hall. And back uh, in 1990, I began leading meetings at the Christian Centre for the first time. Came, we'd just come back from Burkina Faso. We'd just got two kids, Bethany and Aaron. They were, they were small. And, and I was just, and I, to be honest, I'd just come back from Africa and, and here I was. I was on the, the, the stage at the Albert Hall. And, and I remember, um, if, you, if, you look, if you see the organ there, there are two doors either side and there are some back steps. And I was sat on those steps like crying out to God. Oh God, if possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. They've got the wrong guy. They've got the wrong guy. I don't, I'm not ready for it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. You see, I was so far out of my comfort zone. Like comfort zone was down the road. I was in another zone. I, I was like way out. But is anyone glad that sometimes God doesn't answer your prayers? I know that you, I know that you're wanting to answer your prayers, but I've prayed some prayers. In my life, that I'm glad he didn't answer. And, and this was one of those prayers. But that was it, it was a, a genuine, heartfelt prayer. And, and you know, I I don't I didn't hear an audible voice or anything like that, but it was like Jesus, Jesus was saying, Yeah, yeah, I know, I get it. Okay, then off you go. Get on with it. And and I got up and I did it, and and you know, and and then eventually, you know, I, I could honestly say that. Today, before I came on the platform, I wasn't crying out to God asking this cup to pass from me, you know, but but that I was once that guy, but in order to discover this version of me, I had to get out of my comfort zone and trust God and in order for you to discover the, the version of you who you truly are you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to you're going to have to trust God don't think you're always going to want to do it and then of course uh, he had to row, he, row he, got, he went into the shallows, but he, Jesus said when he'd finished his sermon, okay, put out into the deep, rowing to deep water. And the truth is for any one of us, if we wanna, if we wanna enjoy the, the deep things of God, we can't stay in the shallows. We're gonna have to row out. We've gotta obey what Jesus asked us to do. The key is that he asked him to do it. He said, row out into the deep and doing Doing what Jesus says will get you out of the safe zone and into the faith zone. What I mean by that is, the thing is, when he's asked me to put out into the shallows, when, when it gets tough, honestly, I can jump ship and I can walk back to shore. I can maybe swim back to shore. You know, like I'm in the shallows. I've done what Jesus asked me to do, but I'm still in control. I, could, I still can choose. But when I get out into the deep, now I'm dependent in a different way. Now I can't just jump out of the boat. I've got to trust him at a different level. So Jesus, Jesus is going to get every one of us as we seek to do his will out of the safe zone into the faith zone. But that's when we'll realize that the faith zone is the safe zone. I mean, that's a message on in itself. The faith zone is the safe zone because the truth of the matter is the safest place is out on the water with Jesus, not in the boat. You feel, your head tells you being in the boat is gonna get me safe, but the safest place is being with Him, being where He's asked me, where He's asked me to be. See, Jesus will test us. He will test me so that I can discover what He already knows about me. Jesus will test you so that you can discover what he already knows. And that's honestly why, I mean, we've just recently been having some teaching about, about tithes, about offerings, and it's been phenomenal. And the response, the response has been phenomenal, and that is, that is amazing. But I, I want to say that, that, that Jesus, Jesus asks us to do that. As, as His followers, He asks us to do that because it's a test. And He knows that when He asks us to do that, it's going to show us some things about our own heart. And the truth is, whether we like it or not, Jesus knows that He, he will never be Lord of your heart if He isn't firstly Lord of your pocket. And I prove that he's Lord of my heart by the fact that he's Lord, Lord of my pocket. So when I do that, I'm proving, I'm proving my love to him. And thirdly, when Jesus asks you to do something, when he's asking you to step out of your comfort zone, when he's asking you to step out into the deep, when he's getting you out of the shallows, you've got, to, you've got some internal dialogue to deal with. So I want I want to I want to just introduce you to some of Peter's internal dialogue in this moment because what he's saying is Jesus says to him put out into the deep but he's saying to himself but we've already bro we've been out all night we've we've been working all night we've tried and failed It's like don't bother me now I mean we We'll try again later, but don't bother me now. Also, it's daylight. You don't go fishing in the day. I'm going to look an idiot. Oh, my God, all my homies around here looking on. If I, if I start, they're going, to, they're going to think I'm crazy if I start going out into deep water right now, looking like we're going fishing. It's hard to look cool. You know, we've been out all night. or we just thought we'd go and have a little daytime cruise. No, they're going to know what we're doing. I'm going to look an idiot. I've tried everything that I know how to do and it's not, it's not worked. Maybe you feel, maybe you're here today. You feel like you've done everything that you know how to do. And life, life just isn't, isn't working you, you, you you've tried it's not that you haven't tried it's that you're just tired because you've worked hard and the night's been long but it's not happened as you thought it was going to happen but will you will you do it Jesus way will you allow him to to take you out of your comfort zone and get you to do something that you wouldn't ordinarily do and yet you know what listen when they brought that back that cash nobody that, that catch of fish nobody was laughing. Nobody was laughing. Would, would he have, he, Peter was afraid of being center of attention, but he was going to be a center of attention from a completely different point of view. So you've got to, if you're going to, you've got to deal with your internal dialogue. The stuff that says you're going to look an idiot, you're going to fail. Why don't do this? Don't do this. You know, like we tried it. It didn't work before. I've tried this. I've tried this faith stuff. It didn't work before. I've tried. I've tried this this thing. And, and, And yet Jesus is saying, no, do it again. Do it again. It feels like it's the wrong time. It feels like, it feels like, I feel, like, I feel like by the Spirit of God, I'm just speaking to someone's heart today that you, that you, you feel it's the wrong time. You've tried it before and, and, and you feel like you should, but you're thinking, ah, I don't know. It's not going to work. I'm going to look an idiot. But just do what Jesus says. Do what He's asking you to do. Because the fourth point I want to make is submit to God. Submit to God. You've got to make a decision to do it His way. You've got to come under authority. And, and I, love, I love the humanity of this moment because I can so recognise myself in this that, 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 that when, when Jesus says to, to Peter to put out into deep water, I love this uh, because, because Peter starts, he starts by calling Jesus. What does he say there? Let me just go back. Let me just go back there. Simon answered in verse five. He says, Master, we've worked hard. We've worked hard all night. You know, it's like, and what I love about this is there's a bit more going on because you see this word master, it means boss. It's like saying, hey boss, listen. Awesome. Love what you're trying to do here. But the thing is this, we've been working hard All night. And by calling Jesus boss in that way, by calling him master in that way, Peter is actually saying, honestly, I mean, you're awesome. And listen, that sermon that you just preached was amazing. But when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to this stuff, I'm your boy. I know, I know what I'm doing. And I don't want to make a big thing about it, but I'm just going to mention, I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter. I mean, that's awesome and that's good. And you know about carpentry. But for me, I know about fishing. Uh, You see, don't you get it? That sometimes our expertise can stand in the way of what God is asking us to do. Our expertise can be our greatest friend, but it can also be our greatest enemy. Sometimes the hindrance of doing what God is asking me to do is I'm wrestling with what I know. I'm wrestling with what I understand. I'm wrestling. That's why That's why sometimes we've got to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding because that's going to get us into trouble but you see then he said but but if you insist I think another version says nevertheless because you said it I'll I'll do it and and in that moment he was saying I come in submission I put my mission the thing I think under what you say and I decide that I'm gonna do it your way and then of course, they catch this incredible catch of fish, which some commentators believe actually uh, was about two weeks. Worth. That amount of fish would have taken two weeks to catch. and, and, and they, But they found in one catch, they've got something that would have taken two weeks to produce. And, and it says that these guys were astonished. They were astonished. See When when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me. That's, again, for me, a lovely human moment. It's like, I'm coming close to you. I'm coming closer to you. And I'm telling you to get away from me. Have you ever said something like that you didn't mean? It's like that. Well, you know what? If you feel like that, just go. Go on. I don't care. I'll be fine. That's what your mouth's saying. But your heart's saying, don't go. Don't go. Please don't go. Please stay. But your mouth, or in some of our cases, our gob, don't worry if you don't understand because our gob can get us into trouble, right? If you're from Nottingham, you'll understand what that is. It's like your gob. So it's like, sometimes Jesus I just shut, just shut up. But our mouth is saying something that our heart does not mean. And this is it. Peter falls at Jesus' knees and said, get away from me. But what he was really saying is, I'm a mess. Will you love me? Can you love me? In this moment, I've just got a glimpse of who I am, and I've got a glimpse of who you are. Will you? I'm a mess. Can you? Can you? Can you really love me? Can you really accept me? And and of course, Jesus didn't challenge Peter's assessment of himself. Peter says, "I'm a sinful man," and Jesus no he didn't say, "Oh no, you're not. You're all right. You're fine." He did not. He didn't say that. But there was an important journey that had taken place and that was that Peter had made the journey from master to Lord. He'd made the, the journey from boss, honestly, thanks for your input, but I know, to Lord, I need You. If this is going to work, if my life's going to work, I need You. And of course, in that moment, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't challenge the fact that Peter was imperfect, but he said, you know what? Let me tell you about your life's mission. At this moment, when you're feeling a mess, let me tell you what I see. I see somebody who is not going to spend the rest, the rest of their life fishing for fish, I see someone who's going to represent me. I see someone. I'm in this moment, in this moment, when you feel a failure and the only success you've got is what I've given you, in this moment, I'm going to let you know that I'm calling you. I've got a mission for you. And I find, I find myself again fascinated because I think, I think, I think that what Peter got in that moment was beyond his wildest dreams in regard to the catch of fish. I mean, come on, if you're a businessman, if you're a fisherman, I mean, he got a story that day that he would be dining out on for years, for years to come. It was, it was, it was like a phenomenal. So everyone, it wasn't just everyone was astonished. Fishermen, fishermen who'd spent their whole life fishing. Who'd I'd heard every story in the book. They were astonished. This was, this was incredible. This was, this was amazing. This was, this was unbelievable. I want to, I want to say that. I want to, I want to say that. That we serve that kind of God. We serve that kind of God. God is, not, God is not just the God of the ordinary and the mundane, but He will come into the ordinary and mundane moments of our life to show us that He is incredible and extraordinary. And as I look at this, I, you know that this God who can give this incredible draft of fish, this incredible catch of fish, I wanna say that I believe that God is a God who can give this church an incredible catch of fish. I believe that, that 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 we all, and all we need to do is what we've been doing. All He got them to do was what they had been doing. He just, they just did it when He asked them to do it. And then He gave them, I, I believe, I believe this and I, I don't even need you to believe it, but I want you to know, I believe it as I declare it. I just believe that God is gonna give us an astonishing catch of fish so we're just gonna keep doing what we've been doing, but He's gonna give us an astonishing catch of fish. And while I'm at it, I believe, I believe that He's gonna give us some astonishing offerings. I believe, I don't know how it's all gonna work, but I believe that He's gonna even, so that even some of us who've been on the road a long time, believing for a long time, seeing God do things for a long time, even we are gonna be, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it is amazing. But the bit, that, the bit that really got me was that, that Peter, he got, his, he got his dream moment. It couldn't get better, whether it was two weeks fish or whatever. But in this moment, he was an extraordinarily wealthy man. But the Bible tells us, he says this, he said that But Peter left everything. He left fish. He left boat. And He left business. He left what He thought was treasure for the true treasure. You see, too many of us think it's what Jesus can do for us that makes Him great. God just blesses us. And and of course He will. He he, he wants to bless us, but it's it's not just what He does for us that makes Him great. It's not just about the gift, it's about the giver. Peter, when he had the gift presented to him, he chose the giver. I just want You, Lord. This, this, all this, my dream, everything I've dreamed about, everything I believe for, this, compared to You, Compared to you is nothing. I am following you. I'm following you wherever you go, whatever whatever you want me to do. I will leave that and I will follow you. The business is not enough. The wealth is not enough. The mission is not enough. But Jesus is. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.